Hello and welcome to the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja, and this podcast is where I share people's incredible stories of recovery from chronic diseases, food addiction, obesity, and more. And each week, we have guests on the show who talk about how they have overcome after being diagnosed with diseases such as multiple sclerosis, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, and so many more, asthma, eczema, you name it. It has been on this show. I am very passionate about sharing these stories because people like myself, when I was diagnosed back in 2004 with multiple sclerosis, need to hear these stories. Not everyone. Some people don't want to hear it and that's okay. They don't have to hear it. Many, many people don't want to hear it because they want to keep eating the way they eat and living the way they live. But for me, I was willing to do anything. I was desperate to hear stories like these. I really wanted them in my life and I found there was none because I didn't even have the internet back in 2004. I didn't have a smartphone. I didn't have a computer. And so this podcast is for people like me who was lying awake at night thinking, how am I going to get better? How am I going to get out of bed? How am I ever going to feel okay again? How am I going to live, get married, have kids, whatever it is for you, but they were my goals, work, get my career, have my career. Is it all pointless? Is there any point getting out of bed in the morning? Which I would think endlessly when I was in the depths of my depression with multiple sclerosis. So this podcast is for me, basically. <laughs> I've made it for myself. And even now, all these years later, I've now been in remission from MS for over 10 years. I've had no symptoms. I've you know, overcome constipation, candida, all these things. You can listen to my episode back at episode number 36. It's gruelling, so don't put it on loudspeaker in your house with your kids or just you know, save it for when you're in the mood. But, yeah, it's a podcast that I... What I, my intention for it is to bring hope. If you're a long-time listener, you've heard me say this, you've heard me talk like about this over and over again because I think it's very important for anyone who is newly listening to the first episode today, I really want everyone to know what this podcast purpose is and the purpose is to spread hope. Now, nothing, you know, not everything works for everyone, but this diet works most of the time for most conditions for most people. Now, you may need to tweak it, you may need to see a gut person, or you may need to reduce your stress or change your job or whatever it is that you might need to do as well as adopt a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. Many guests on the show have had to make other lifestyle changes alongside adopting a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. So there are other factors, but diet is... The science has proven again and again that diet is about 80% responsible for our health and our immune system our gut microbiome, all of those things, it's 80%, 20%, you know, is 20%, you know, obviously you get a good night's sleep, do all those things, but 80% is down to what we put into our mouths. We are what we eat. Food is medicine. Hippocrates was right. This is what this podcast is about. It's about the healing powers of food, a plant-based diet. And this week's guests were on episode... I should have mentioned this is episode 95. <laughs> I should have mentioned that at the very start. But this week's guests were on this program all the way back in 2017. They were one of my very first guests, the top 10, the first 10. 
the episode five, Tony and Elizabeth Boucher from Foodies Medicine Australia, the Facebook page. Go over there and like the page. It's a great page full of fantastic information. They regularly post there, unlike my own page. They are very, very good, but still like my page as well, please. It's Corinne Nidja at Facebook and everywhere on in social media. They are wonderful. They've been living this way for, you know, over five years now. They went plant-based for Tony's health when he was living with chronic disease, um, with, sorry, with undiagnosed chronic fatigue syndrome. He was debilitated by fatigue. Elizabeth's daughter was living with Crohn's disease and they found a plant-based diet as a last-ditch attempt to see how it would make them feel and if it would improve their health. And it did. Within three days, it turned Tony's health completely around. So it's quick. Definitely try it out for three days, can't you? <laughs> if you're not already whole food plant-based, give it a try for three days. Then give it a try for six, nine, all the way up to 28 days. And you won't believe how you will feel after 28 days. That's all you have to do. If you haven't yet committed, just keep saying, you know, I'll do it for three days. I'll do it for another three days. Another three days, keep going and see how you feel. Because it has changed Tony's life and Tony Elizabeth's daughter's life forever and Elizabeth's life. In this episode, we talk a lot about some really things I found interesting, which is always what I like to talk about in the podcast, things that I find interesting. And I hope that you do too. So this, this today we talk about vegan activism. We talk about an update after another year and a bit, because people often leave, you know, people often talk about that they're sceptical that you can be whole food plant-based for life or for a longer time. Or what if these, what if this is only short term, these benefits of a whole food plant-based diet, but then you start, you know, becoming nutrient deficient and protein deficient, iron deficient and all these things. But these two are thriving even more 90 episodes on over a year later. And we talk about people who do leave veganism and our thoughts on that. Uh, we also talk about Cubes of Truth, vegan activism, the recent vegan protests here in Melbourne and Australia. Our thoughts on those. We talk about salt, salt consumption. And I liked this because I think people like my husband, hello Ranjit, and many people who consume salt will benefit from listening to Tony is a has a background, is a chemist by trade, um, and Elizabeth is a nurse. And so listening to them to talk about sodium and salt, it was really fascinating even for me. There's lots of things that I didn't know, but I nodded and smiled and pretended like I did know. <laughs> so, yeah, well worth listening to just even even about that. And then I talked about gut health, the gut microbiome, immune function, antibiotics, you know, Crohn's disease, eggs and the background about what you know where eggs come from and just a lot of interesting facts about eggs and egg consumption and then we talked about their top tips which were great and one of my favorite things that Tony said which he also said was a quote from Dr Pam Popper which I love which I'm going to just steal now and mention to you is when talking about you know lots many many people will say to me they say to Everyone that I think that has ever adopted a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet, oh, you know, I eat, don't eat meat. I, the only thing I eat is fish, or the only thing I eat is cheese. The only thing, only thing I still eat is whatever it is. I only eat some cake and then some one steak a week, and I eat this and I eat that. Why isn't my chronic disease reversing? Why aren't I having the success that you have? 
why isn't it working for me? And Tony was quoting Pam, Dr. Pam Popper, who I have to get on the show. I'm going to. Pam, sorry for not following up with you. She'll be on the show soon. She's a very busy lady. She said, you can't open a combination lock with three numbers instead of the full five. You know, so why do we expect that we can unlock our amazing health when we're not putting it, doing everything, the whole thing, unlocking the whole combination? We're not, we're still maintaining that we want to keep hold of oil in our diet. We're still holding on to refined foods and refined grains and salts and sugars and oils and processed foods, but we're eating, you know, mostly plant-based. Well, mostly is not going to cut it if you have chronic disease or you have a food addiction or you're being chronically obese. Half the way isn't the whole way. So you can't expect to get the results if you're not, you don't have all five numbers in your combination lock. You know, you can't expect to get the results that the guests on our show have gotten if you're only doing some of what we've done to achieve the results that we have. So I love that result, that 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 analogy because I think it's just so good. You can't open a combination lock with three numbers, with only three numbers right. You need all five. So, yeah, think about that because I think that was really fascinating. But anyway, I have to go. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope this episode. And thank you so much, Elizabeth and Tony. Please follow them on Foodies Medicine Australia. They're incredible. And I hope you enjoyed just listening to us chat about all these topics that we're passionate about. And please feel free to share this with your family and friends over dinner or, you know, on the drive, talking to your kids about these topics, talking to your friends at the school luncheon, whatever. I think that the more people that share these conversations and just bring up these thoughts in friendly dialogue with people around them, the more these ideas spread to the mainstream and the more people start to reduce saturated fats, animal products from their diet and introduce more and more and more whole plant foods into their diet. Thank you so much for listening, sharing, subscribing. I put out new episodes every Monday slash Tuesday. So I look forward to continuing to do that until we get to our 100th episode. I'm very excited. Anyway, have a great week. See you next week. Bye. Hello, Tony and Elizabeth, and welcome back to the show. Hello. Hey, Corinne. How are you? Thank you for having us again. I'm really, really good. This you are ninety episode ninety episode ninety five, and you were episode five when you first came on the show. Yes, we're feeling much older. About <laughs> ninety episodes older. <laughs> yes, I'm feeling ninety episodes older as well. And <laughs> if you haven't listened to episode five, go back and listen to it. Go for a long drive, go for a long run, whatever. Go back and listen to it. And in that episode, Tony talks all about his, well, unexplainable debilitating fatigue that was lasting about two years, was it? Yeah, about two years. Mm, that was very like chronic fatigue but undiagnosed chronic fatigue. Correct. Well, it's not diagnosable. So um, yeah. it was self-diagnosed from my own research. but After uh, about six months of investigations, that gave us no answers. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Generally, if there's no diagnosis for six months and you have the symptoms, 
that I had, which was, you know, chronic being chronically fatigued, then that's what they call it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. And so that was how long ago since you made the switch to a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet? Uh, it's been just over five and a half years ago now. January 2014. Oh, my goodness. Long time. And how do you feel now? Because, you know, many, many vegans jump ship. They say they tried it. They are now eating back, eating the old way because they were anemic and they couldn't run and they fatigued. Is that... Is that what's happened to you, Tony? Yeah, I'm I'm debilitated and I'm not far out of the coffin at the moment. I'm uh, <laughs> on the rapid road to death, I think. Um, I have never, ever, being sarcastic. ever, I was, ever felt so good. Um, I'm, I've just turned 52. And Congratulations. Happy I, birthday. Thank you. It was a while ago. Um, and I have not felt better. Uh, I feel... Damn good. Explain why you think these people that are vegan or, or plant-based, but not necessarily vegan, go back to eating animals because... Well, I think the first point is that they're probably not actually vegan because I think if you're actually truly vegan, uh, you really care about the animals in particular and the environment secondly. Yeah. And... You know, if you're truly vegan Mm. and you truly care about animals, there's no possible way on earth you could go back to eating animals or funding people to kill animals so that you can eat them or wear them. Um, Yeah, veganism's just, you know, I don't think it's something that you can go back from. So I question whether the person was fully vegan perhaps in the first case. In terms of um, eating whole food, plant-based, no oil, no salt, no refined sugar, um, you know, that's next level vegan if you are truly vegan as well, which we are. Uh, we are for ethical and environmental reasons. Um, and, you know, we came to this lifestyle for health reasons because of my my illness. So um, <laughs> you, you cannot eat cheaper. You cannot eat healthier um, I think it's near on impossible to feel as good as uh, as we do when you eat this way. It's um, it's amazing, and we've helped many other people now uh, over since ninety episodes ago, um, <laughs> and uh, you know re- to recover from from illness. And you know I don't recall one person yet that hasn't. Uh, improved in their health by eating this way. We've also found that people who uh, are vegan or eat plant-based and often say they feel tired and it's not working for them, it's often because they're not actually eating enough calories. Absolutely. Yeah, so when you eat a plant-based diet, you have to, because plants are primarily made of fiber, which have no calories, and water, which also have no calories, you have to eat a larger volume of food to get the same amount of calories you were eating before. And if you don't eat enough, you're not going to get the the energy to fuel your body to feel fantastic. And so these people, they don't eat enough and they feel like it's oh, it's not working for them because they're not, they need whatever's in animal products. But there's nothing in animal products that you can't get from plants. Yeah, in fact, so, in fact uh, we're slowly turning the vegan activist community here in Perth, whole food, plant-based, no oil. They're all. <laughs> um, 
uh, it's been interesting, actually, because um, we do uh, mostly things like the cube of truth, the less confrontational With anonymous type. With for the voiceless. Yeah, the mm. less confrontational, more educational type activism, street activism. And, um, uh, you know, I, I guess a lot of the people that do that with us in Perth have worked out that we know a reasonable amount about plant-based nutrition. So if they get some questions on where do you get your calcium or your protein or your, or your iron, iron or whatever, yeah. then they usually try and uh, holler out for us. So... Um, so we're slowly educating these people. Uh, we've done a few um, community events as well where we've uh, screened uh, documentaries and done Q&As. And we do get some some non-vegans come along, which is interesting and, and terrific because that's who we'd want to target. But uh, a lot of the vegan community is coming along because they have an interest in their health. And they uh, want to well. share it with their families who won't go vegan or won't change what they're eating mm. because they think it's unhealthy. And there's a good friend of ours uh, who actually runs a small community um, uh, vegan centre here, um, Jamie Fazakley. Hi, Jamie. Hey, Hi, Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> um, Jamie, we did a podcast with Jamie uh, a few the, months ago. A peace, the Peaceful Warrior. Yeah. He's on Spotify. He's a great fella. And... Uh, you know, him, initially I think he was, you know, he's vegan for the animals and the environment. Um, and initially I think he thought that we, you know, had, had some funny information or some funny science, but we're slowly uh, educated and, uh, you know, taught him some of the nutrition information that we've learnt over time. And uh, it was interesting, it was only maybe a, a month or two ago, I, I think he's been eating whole food plant-based now for... So since December. Uh, well, yeah, so I was going to say six months. Yeah. So, um, And maybe a month or two ago, he felt so great. So, uh, sorry, it, his initial complaint was he was tired. Yeah, he was and really lethargic. lethargic. And uh, so we explained to him about calories and eating enough and eating whole food and dropping the oil and whatever... And he was saying, I think yesterday, actually, at the National Animal Rights Day march right. that we went to here in Perth, that, uh, you know, he was amazed how, how good his skin is looking now. Mm. Um, but he went, uh, a couple of, couple of months ago, he went on a run, decided to go on a run because he felt energised, and he ran and ran and decided <laughs> he'd keep running. Until he, he couldn't run anymore. He ran half a marathon. He ran 21 days. And he hadn't tr- practised or trained or it just felt fantastic. Yeah. Wow. So, was he wrecked the next day? <laughs> well, his poor dog, I think, was because his dog oh, got dragged no. along as well. So. I hope he had a blue healer or something. <laughs> oh, he's a big dog. He's a beautiful but, uh, dog. Apollo. Apollo, yeah. yeah. But... Um, you know, so he he uh, he's he was vegan initially, uh, more uh, of a junk food vegan, and now he's eating whole whole food, plant based, no oil. And in fact, the other comment he's made is he's taken the salt out of his diet as well. That we is. usually explain the, yeah. the the reason that salt is toxic, and uh, yeah, he was saying how a little bit of salt now really has a negative impact on him. So Tony. I'm interrupting you, sure. but can you, for, you know, my husband, Runji, and everyone else listening, talk <laughs> a little bit about salt on this yeah. uh, while you're chatting about this guy? I, I want to keep focusing on that, but I think that it's just a little segue because I think that the salt's sure. 
Salt's an important yeah. topic for most people who love yes. salt and think, I'm, I'm doing everything, but I'm just sticking with salt. And the Him- and Himalayan salt mm. and the black salt and all the special salts with Celtic all the special minerals. Salt. Yes. So yeah. explain they about salt. They have amazing salt. properties, all these special coloured salts. Are, they're fantastic. If you want to kill weeds or something in your garden. Um, so I, I think it's very simple, actually. Most people know salt is toxic. And they know that because if they go to the beach, they can't drink the water. If you drink the water, it makes you sick. So, you know, then logic, if you extend the the straightforward logic, then you put concentrated precipitated sodium chloride, which is what salt is, on your food, then although you might only give yourself a small dose, it still has a toxic effect on your body. And the way your body compensates for that salt, um, because if you have too much, again, it'll make you either very sick or or it will kill you. Um, The way you compensate for that is your body will retain fluid, basically water. And the rule of thumb is roughly for every 10 grams of salt that you eat, uh, whether it's in bread or or whatever, however you consume it, but for every 10 grams of salt you eat, your body will retain a kilo or one litre of water. And it does that otherwise, it, it does that to dilute the salt. So that it doesn't kill you. So that you don't get sick or die. Mm. So it's interesting. I've just done a, a short business trip to Singapore this week and travelling to get whole food plant-based, no oil is sometimes tricky, even in Asian cu- countries. you think it'd be easy there. Yeah, well, you'd think it'd be easy because, you know, they eat a lot of rice and vegetables in those countries, um, but um, they use a lot of oil and, uh, and, and salt. salt. And uh, so I did manage to find some places that, uh, that could, could cater for me, particularly without the oil. But, you know, you get a pizza base and there's been salt added to it. Um, in particular, I guess, I tend to have uh, just steamed rice and steamed vegetables in the Asian countries when I'm traveling because it's usually easy to get and easy to explain to people how to cook uh, so that they don't add oil. And so I usually actually, these days I take my own bottle of tamari uh, sauce with me uh, on my travels (laughs) because I don't like to consume any chemicals in my food and most uh, commercial soy sauces, etc. have chemical preservatives or colour colours uh, or flavouring added or whatever. And, uh, yeah, so I, I tend, when I go on the Asian trips, I tend to consume a lot more salt than I ordinarily would because I'm having tamari on, uh, on my food. And uh, I, I notice when I come back, I'm usually, like, puffed up. It's like I've put on, I feel like I've put on weight. Because when you don't have it for such a long time, you notice and it. It's because I'm retaining fluid because mm. of the salt that I'm eating um, – from just the tamari, which is a lower salt version of soy sauce. So, and, and then a couple of days later, then that puffiness, you know, disappears. I've either sweat the salt out or urinated the salt out. So I, I come back to, to normal. But I really notice if I have a salty meal, I have a, like a salty, uh, dry, salty um, feeling in my mouth for usually a couple of days after I've eaten it because we don't ordinarily have any salt whatsoever. Mm. So it's toxic. Um, And and chemically, you know, I'm a chemist by background, so chemically um, our bodies need sodium, which is a metallic iron 
uh, and it's it's found in the it's a natural element. Sodium's actually a metal. Um, in its metallic ionic form, it's it's found in the soil, um, and the plants draw the sodium as they do with calcium and iron and other minerals from the soil up through their root systems and into the, the body of the plants that we eat. So sodium is really important for things like uh, nervous function, for instance, in the human body. Electrical condu- yeah, conduction it, in it, your heart and stuff like that. It's, uh, again, it's, it's, a, it's an ionic, important. positive charged ionic metallic uh, iron, and uh, your body uses it for many really important functions. So it's important to have enough sodium as it is potassium and calcium and so on and iron. Um, but you don't need to get it in the form of sodium chloride, which is sea salt or Himalayan salt or whatever. Uh, any kind of salt is sodium chloride. So um, so get it just from eating whole plants. It's um, enough. If you eat enough, again, if we go back to the, the comment about calories, uh, I think one of the big problems with people is if they under-consume calories if they're eating a plant-based diet, they're probably under-consuming everything else. all their nutrient intake as yeah. well. So um, I think you can have poor health just by not eating enough. And, you know, that's evident even in places in Africa where people are mal- malnourished. So I think it's, it's obviously it's more difficult to do that here. We've got plentiful abundance of food, but um, people do tend to under-consume and uh, they under-consume all, all of the elements um, or nutrients. And if you're, not, if you're not eating a whole food plant-based diet, then you're definitely under new under eating nutrients yeah yeah Yeah. so i don't know if that explains salt it does that uh, was very great thank you i'm hoping ranjit listens to that part when he's (laughs) editing listen up ranjit (laughs) (laughs) i'll come and give you a lesson (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah i interrupted you were talking about your friend and his run and then you brought up sodium yeah, so Jamie, uh, Jamie's been eating whole food plant based. But he gave up uh, salt, you said. No oil, and yeah, eventually he's given up the salt. Uh, actually, it's interesting, you know, like a lot of uh, people who go vegan struggle to give up cheese, um, and partly because that's addictive um, with casomorphins uh, from the, the mother cow in the cheese, it's concentrated. But Salt seems to be, if you're vegan and you're going to whole food plant-based, salt seems That's to be one thing. of the hardest things for people to give up, yeah. which is I reckon it's the hardest for me, the very hardest yeah. would have been salt. Yeah. But the, the other thing we like to tell people, and you know, I think a lot of people don't know this, in fairness, five years ago I probably didn't know this either, but you, know, you get brand new taste buds on your tongue every 21 days. And so if you can, can go without salt and you know, enjoy your bland food without salt, because it will taste bland because you're used to, to having uh, salt, if you can go without it for 21 days, by the time day 22 comes along, you might have just a tiny bit of salt in some food and it just nearly blows your head off. Yeah. It's very salty because suddenly you, your taste buds are it's very foreign to them as they're not used to it. So we try and coach people to just get through 20. In fact, we usually say a month. Yeah, try a month. If you get through a month, you're definitely going to be off the stuff by then. Uh, it's, it's like, I, I think it's probably like coming off drugs, actually. Uh, you know, it's, or I think it any is because salt for me, I'm going to, these are my confession, confess that I, I still put salt on my <laughs> food sometimes. Yeah, and wow. I still do sometimes. And I, it is my hardest thing because I just, 
I'm hooked on it. <laughs> I'm hooked on it. No, no, I don't have it heaps. Like I don't put it in cooking. Like I don't put it until the end. But I yep. still add a little bit. I think that doctor. I think that the starch solution helped me with that because he's Doctor McDougall's. Yeah. Like I can have yep. a little bit. Have a little. If it's going to keep you eating that, have a little that's bit. What, and I was like, and that's true. Well, and that's what we tell people too. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> if John well, says it's fine, then uh, <laughs> he gave you an excuse, so. <laughs> John. I know we're friends like this. Yeah. <laughs> never met he's him. Great, he's never spoken to me. But I'm name he's dropping. A great guy. We haven't met him either. Don't know. He might have uh, listened to all your podcasts. He's a very knowledgeable man. I, don't um, know. I hope so. But he, I don't know. He, the point about what John McDougall says, and I think it's important uh, for people to understand as well, is you don't go putting salt in the whole pot of food because it gets diluted and you really don't get the, don't even the, the hit that you're after on your taste buds. So what he says is to put a, a small amount of salt on the food just before you eat it so you get that hit on your, on your tongue. Now, we, we still don't recommend that for the reasons I said earlier. It's toxic. It's not um, something that your body needs to deal or shouldn't have to deal with. But what we tend to do is if we want a little bit of salty mm. flavour, we use some miso, miso paste, paste um, or a little bit of tamari um, in, in a dish. And miso is very highly salted. You know, it's often like four and a half thousand um, milligrams of salt or sodium to uh, to 100 grams of of the food itself. So it's very highly salted. So the reason it's okay to have miso, people will say, well, that's got salt in it. So why is that okay? So the studies show, and this is from Dr. Michael Greger that says this, I'm sort of repeating, is that even though it's high in salt, studies show that miso or the, because of the soy products, because it's fermented soy, it actually um, helps reduce high blood pressure instead of increasing blood pressure like like salt does. So in in that sense, it's actually health promoting. So a little bit of miso every now and then is fine um, to eat because it is health promoting because of the, the benefits from the soy. So it outweighs the negative effects of the salt. Actually, there's one comment that I did forget to mention about salt as well, yeah, is, um, is the fact that um, because... Because salt's toxic, because your body retains water, uh, if you eat salt, you end up having a, obviously a greater volume of liquid that your heart then, or you know, blood, uh, that right. your heart needs to pump. Which and your heart uh, is pumping through, you know, all your pipelines in your body, your your, um, your arteries, which are, are all one system. It's one it's all connected. one pipeline and. The uh, essentially to pump a bigger volume of liquid around your body um, with the same diameter pipes, okay. then your blood pressure goes up. That's right. Just and that's just straight, uh, you know, mechanics and straight science. So um, so often people with high blood pressure are told not to have to have salt, salt and that's the reason. Um, so again, as a you know healthy. Uh, hopefully vegan, hopefully plant-based eater, um, dropping the salt out of, out of your, your diet uh, is likely to lead to lower blood pressure, which is obviously a good thing. Yes, mine's already very low, but I will take you out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a 28-day salt-free challenge. Oh. Excellent. Inspired by what you've just said to me. <laughs> wow. Ranji, you just got 28 days, days of no salt. No salt. You can do it, Ranji. 
I know. I think that he'll be, yeah, he, he cooks separately to me because I eat lots of potatoes and he likes a bit more oh. of a diverse. So I don't like pasta. He likes pasta. I love pasta. He doesn't like pasta. So I like I, he potato. makes the sauce. I have it with the spuds. So he, he uh, makes the okay. sauce and he has it with whole grain pasta and I have it with spuds. I just like them. They just go through me better. I like it better. We love potatoes. I know. We we eat uh, between the two of us, really. Oh, I, I, we have Emily, Lizzie's daughter, still living with us, but she she doesn't eat here all the time, and um, she probably doesn't eat potatoes as often as, yeah, we do. as often as we do. But between us, we go through about fifteen to twenty kilos of potatoes a week. I, I love to tell that to people because it oh usually God. blows their mind. It's oh. like, what? How much? Oh, but our favourite <laughs> meal is um, baked chips, basically, dry baked chips. Just potatoes. Which is just yeah, potato. We, we usually, or well, sometimes we peel, sometimes we don't, and we cut them up a, usually in the shape of a chip and put them on baking paper sometimes in the oven. Sometimes we put spices on, sometimes yeah, we don't. Yeah, we like Dr. Gregor's uh, savoury spice mix from mm-hmm. his How Not to Die cookbook. Uh, and I make Cajun Cajun spice mixes and, and various spice mixes, which I was about to do just before you called. Um, so um, and we so what we do if we want the spice mix is we just cut the chips up and chuck them in a bowl and sprinkle the spice mix on top. And because the potatoes are, are damp when you cut them with mm. starchy surface, uh, the spice mix sticks. And we just toss them around in the bowl and then place them on the baking paper in the oven at 250C or maximum temperature on the oven with a fan on. And about 40 minutes later, you've got crispy chips without any oil or, or salt. Um, and that's and, and we usually eat those in, in a lettuce cup and dip them in sauce. Uh, we make all our own sauces as well. So uh, without salt and obviously without oil. So, Good job. So that that's our meal. And, you know, we probably – would eat around about a kilo of potatoes each meal uh, for each person um, before they're cooked. So after they're cooked, they're probably, I don't know, probably 700 grams or something like that. Or else we make a potato bake with some cheesy sauce or we make, what else do we make with potatoes? Uh, Chips mostly. (laughs) I do love chips. It's Theo's favourite. The kids' favourite yeah. is chips of the potatoes, yeah. whereas my – I like chips heaps, but I also like just a baked spud. Yep. Just, yeah. a, just a whole one. A whole potato in the oven because I'm so lazy. I can't be bothered. So I just chuck a whole spud in a whole tray of whole spuds and I just turn on the thing for 45 and then minutes. And eat them on their own. And I just eat them, wandering around, just chomping on them. Because they, they travel well if you go on a, somewhere. Yeah. That's true. It's just easy. So that's, that's what yeah. I do. But I have it with veggies or whatever normally. But if I'm just like I've got two in the oven now and so cold here, I don't even have to refrigerate them. <laughs> I just chuck them in from last night. And it's just easy. But I like I just spud is just a perfect food as it everyone's a- Andrew perfect. Taylor, us. It's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Fantastic. They're filling and they digest slowly so they make you feel satiated or full. Water, for long, so they long time. Good for you, lots of nutrients. We Lizzie likes um, – she makes a Mexican bean mix quite regularly and sometimes we bake the potatoes and then uh, mash the mash the potato a little bit, a baked potato, and uh, and put the bean mix on top. With, with some, some salsa and lettuce and guacamole. Yeah, that's delicious. So good. I, yeah. Mexican night was our favourite night, but we've, we've, we did it too much. So we're on a Mexican night pause. 
but it will be back because it's our favourite. But you know when you're just done a meal yeah. to death? Yeah, yeah. But I, I do a new love recipe. It. I know, I, I do. We do. We're, we're off it. I love it. And yeah, now it's cold here again. It's diff- different types of food. I'm in love with big, slow, slow cooked everything yeah, at the moment. Soup. Yum. Yeah. Actually, that, that's the other thing we like to use. Um, so, winter in, in Melbourne's cold. I know I used to live there many years ago. And winter here is pretty cool too, particularly in the mornings. It's cool here this morning, but it's a lovely day. But we um, some, or sometimes I have a, a fixation about cooking soups, and I usually make a massive pot because Lizzie always tells me I, I can't cook anything in a small volume. I've got to cook the whole, the, fill the whole pot up. But I love using potatoes, A, because they're starchy and they add some calories to the dish, but B, particularly if you blend them up, you can make um, you know cream of whatever soup you like, cream of broccoli, cream of corn, uh, whatever, whatever soup you like. And, uh, um, yeah, so potatoes are often the base of that. And sometimes, you know, if you want a sweet version, then you use a sweet potato. Yeah. That's a great way to use up potatoes. And, and so cheap, you know, like uh, we were at Spud Shed. I don't know if you have Spud Shed over there. We have a, um, like a chain of... Uh, we don't have a, that, I don't no? think. But it was okay. so great. It's a, it's a local West Australian guy here actually who, who owns it. Um, and there's a chain of them. And um, he has some specials sometimes. We managed to get um, a whole bunch of potatoes and carrots and something else for nine onion. cents, a, brown onions, for nine cents a kilogram. They were the best. So, like, <laughs> we got kilos of food for under a dollar. You know, it's just crazy. So, you know, when you can do that, then you use them in, you know, soups and whatever, right? So it's but great. they were perfectly fine. There's nothing, nothing wrong with them. them. That's so good. I was going to say, touching on that, that a lot of people, as I've mentioned on this show many times, will say that this way of eating is for rich white people, (laughs) you know, that poor people can't eat this way and vegan diet's too expensive, it's too time-consuming, it's too this, it's too that. What are your thoughts on that? This is a poor man's diet. Exactly. This that, is as what do, poor Dr. people Dr. John McDougall says, this is the way the poor people eat. Yeah. I mean, the rich people were the ones that ate the meat and the dairy and the eggs, and the poor people got the vegetables and the leftover and the, leftover uh, whatever they had, grains and things. And the rich people died from heart disease and kidney failure and cancer and whatever. And they still are. The difference now is that most people are rich. Richer, rich so enough they, to afford it anyway. Yeah. But, um, you know, we our food bill has never been cheaper. Yeah. The, the only thing that's gone up on our shopping bill is a toilet paper bill because um, <laughs> we, we eat a lot of fibre. Yeah. So we go to the toilet, you know, probably two to four times a day maybe, something like that, um, which is actually normal for humans. That's the way you're supposed but, to uh, do it. most people are lucky if they go once or twice every second day. So, um you know, it's a it's a very healthy thing to be doing, excreting the waste. Um, but our food bills, aside from the toilet paper, our food bills are, you know, the cheapest that they've ever been. And if you think about it, you know, you go buying meat. I haven't bought meat for over five years now, but, you know, it used to be 30 or $40 a kilogram for meat. Cheese is very expensive. Even eggs is getting expensive. Any processed foods are certainly not cheap. Packaged. Or packaged food. So, 
you know, when you're eating, like we buy um, steel-cut oats we have often for breakfast uh, with soy milk and, uh, and some fruit cut up on it. And we, I buy a 25-kilo bag of steel-cut oats. Buying in bulk makes a big difference. For about $44 uh, from Kakulis Brothers here, which is like a bulk food store. Um, you know, uh, sells grains and beans, yeah, dried, and all the dried, dried products, yeah, dried foods, and uh, you know, forty four dollars, and that would feed us for probably months. over six months, months and months, uh, the two of us. So um, it doesn't get cheaper than that. And then you know, we also buy things like rice when it's on special, a lot like um, in bulk, yeah, in bulk again. So I know uh, Woolies has the Australian Sunrise brown brown rice, short grain brown rice or medium grain brown rice. Often for six dollars fifty for five kilograms of, yeah, of brown rice so on special, so you know we'll buy a couple of bags of that when it's on special, and again that will last us months. Um, occasionally we like at Kakulis Brothers they have a black rice or red rice, and that's much more expensive. So we buy a few kilos of that and we mix it up occasionally with the brown uh, and do mix it with the brown. That's right. So. But you know potatoes again we got some potatoes, for nine cents rice a kilo and normally. Potatoes, we're buying uh, a second-grade potatoes because we don't really care what they look like. They taste the same. And, uh, you know, we usually buy potatoes for about 75 cents a kilogram. Mm. So, again, if you think about that, like between the two of us, let's say we have a kilo of potatoes each for dinner in the form of chips, that's $1.50 to feed both of us for dinner. Um, It's nothing. You know, plus the power to run the oven. So um, I, I don't think anyone... Uh, very few people would eat more cheaply than than we eat. Um, you know, it's just no salt, no oil. It's cheap. Yeah. No dishwashing <laughs> cheap. liquid, even because olive oil is super expensive. And the other so. thing is, you know, when you eat this way and you heal your gut and your microbiome's healthy and you don't get sick and you, you people are getting the flu and you don't get it, you don't have to go to the doctor. You don't have to pay eighty dollars for an appointment to see a doctor. You don't need to buy antibiotics. You don't need to go to the chemist and buy different tablets, and you save so much money. Yeah. Like that's in addition to cheap yeah. food. So it all adds up, all these little things in your life. It's interesting. When we used to eat what, you know, the SAD diet or a standard Australian or American diet, um, we would routinely go to the chemist mm. warehouse here. Every two, three uh, or four weeks. Probably every three or four weeks. Mm. And between the two of us, we with I, I was taking a number of prescription drugs for trying to prevent gout. Oh, sorry, not prevent, suppressing my symptoms for gout, <laughs> suppressing my symptoms for gastric reflux, and uh, and reducing my liver production of cholesterol. <laughs> and um, so th- they were the three meds that I was taking for many years. And then we were buying things like headache tablets, ibuprofen, paracetamol, yeah, and um, Voltaren for inflammation problems. And we would be spending between the two of us every three to four weeks at the chemist at least three or four hundred dollars. Yes. We we haven't been back to that place for five five and a half yeah. years. And in fact, we have a surplus of drugs in our cupboards that we've thrown out. Yeah. So. We, we just don't out, need them. The, yeah, we just don't need. We don't use anything. So you know, so our way of living is is cheap. I mean, we save a lot of money, a lot of money. It's amazing. It's the cheapest. It's a poor people's diet. Anyone can do it. Yes, it's so true. And I, I my own, my own with my kids. You know, they just 
are never sick. They don't see mm-hmm. a doctor. Have they ever been sick? They have. Um, Theo has had stitches. He fell off. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's not sick. No, that's I know. Um, they've seen a doctor for that. Um, Iggy had a couple of times where he had blocked ears. Oh, yes, you said that. And another. But never like. Um... Once he had croup and he had to go to the hospital in the ambulance. Oh, right. But uh, have they ever taken antibiotics or anything like that? I think that they, I think Theo never, Iggy, I'm not sure. I know I got a box once and I can't recall if I ever used it. Yeah. So good. Well, I mean, we haven't taken But he's nearly eight yeah, and that's, that's once and I'm not, I'm not, I, I can't say for sure. I have to ask her in G, but I know I had it for ages. Like, he's like, you should give it to him. You know, he was giving it. I'm like, but this is bad for his No, gut. it's really bad. So bad. Yeah. Um, uh, but the fear is never. You, you need it. You need it. But oh, yeah. If you do, yeah. I mean, you I mean, take so, them if you get, you're about to die or something. So but many people take antibiotics um, just, for, just in prevent, case. Yeah. I speak to patients all the time and often many of them, Oh, the doctor said I should just take it just in case. I'm like, do you know what that's doing to your microbiome? Yeah, it's interesting. For months I, and months and I don't months. think uh, – I know, again, I used to take them regularly and so did Lizzie probably more I used more to take often. them a lot. And, you know, um, again, maybe a lot of people don't know, but you've got uh, 100 trillion bacteria in your gut. Each of us carries two and a half kilograms of bacteria in our gut. And every time you take antibiotics, you're killing off a huge number of those bacteria. Those bacteria produce a whole range of uh, chemicals that are generally protective yeah. uh, of our of our health. They, you know, a lot of people refer to the microbiome as a second brain in the body. It has a huge, huge Impact. bearing on on your yeah. health. And every time you take antibiotics, you, you're literally killing off that second brain. All that good bacteria. Um, and it takes months and months and months to recover. You know, it's just, it's just something that, uh, again, you know, we're very fortunate because of how we eat and we feed our microbiome, our Lots two and a half kilos of uh, bacteria. We feed them fibre all the time, Which as we what they said eat. earlier, and that's what they feed on. So, um we haven't, you know, haven't had anti a- antibiotics for over five years, and uh, again, I've... well, I have, but you haven't. When I fell off my bike and I smashed my face up. Okay, yeah, Lizzie did. I have, I had last year for my na- yeah. my nasal yeah. surgery. But when I, they said just take them just in case, and I took, I think I took three, and I'm like. Mm-mm. I'm not taking any more of these. And I, what, I didn't have an infection and I didn't get an infection. Yeah. If I'd had one, I would have. But I just got them intravenous, I think. I don't think I yeah. took them for a thing. They were just yeah. part of the – when I read what they'd given me when I was out you to it, like, oh. that was it. Yeah. <laughs> See, if it was me, I, would, I wouldn't allow them to. I'd I didn't even know to. it was a thing. Ignorance yeah. wasn't they do. I didn't they know do it was a thing. They do give them intraoperatively a lot just – and it's and they do it just just in case. It's just you know, to, it's a precaution. And, just in you know, case, but they destroy your bacteria for mm. six months, you know. And and just in case is not a good enough reason for me to destroy my. But you don't need. So. Um, but also, infection, post-operative no, infection, any, if it can be horrible. If I had an infection, horrible. I would take them because I don't want to die from a bacteria. Yeah, yeah. not good. Any infection, I mean, you know. But again, what's interesting is if you if you eat healthfully. You give your immune system the best chance of actually healing things Being like able infections. To. So, that's right. 
you know, I again, if I had an infection, I probably wouldn't take antibiotics straight away. I would try right. and see if my body can deal with it, and if it can't, as a last resort, then I would take that. I, I certainly wouldn't want to die because a simple bacteria killed me, uh, and a simple drug can can kill the bacteria. But uh, I would definitely take it as last resort because every time you damage your gut bacteria, you're doing huge destruction to your health for a long period of time. It's not like it's a three-day thing. It's a months and months of recovery. And a lot of people don't realise... It has been hard yeah. work. A lot of people don't realise that their immunity comes from the microbiome. That is where your immunity comes from. And the better you treat that, that garden in your gut is the better your immunity and you won't, won't need yeah. antibiotics. And again, then things like infections, your, your your immune system does what it's supposed to do. It, it defends, it, it goes and, and attacks. It, that's right. It might take a few days and, uh, and you might feel crappy for a little yeah. while, but it'll you'll get over it. I used to, I've had asthma since I was a child and I used to get chest infections maybe four or five times a year and I would have to, as, as soon as I felt it coming, I would have to get antibiotics or I would end up not being able to breathe. I'd have to go to hospital. And that, that was just the way it was until since, since about a year after we changed what we ate. I, I get an infection now. It might go to my chest and it might make me sick, but my body will heal it now. And it never, it just used to get worse and worse and I would deteriorate. But now my body fights it and gets rid of it itself. It's amazing to me. Sometimes we... We get, we think we get sick. Yeah, we, we think we're not we've sure. got a cold or something, but we're never sure because yeah, we actually. I think I'm sick. You know, I'm we might sure, feel ninety five percent instead of a hundred. Yeah. Um, that's the same for Ranjit and I. Yeah, <laughs> but something, you know, a day or I'm... two later, it's it's gone. gone. So, yeah. and the immune system's working properly because, you know, because we look after our gut flora basically. Yeah. Mm, now, I wanted to talk to you, Lizzie, about your daughter because if, yes. in episode five we talked about her Crohn's disease. Yes. And how is she going 90 episodes on? <laughs> so, in, so that was November 2017 and she stopped all her uh, medications for her Crohn's in the July 2015. So it had been two years. So now it's been nearly four nearly four years that she's been medication-free and nearly five that she's been eating a plant-based diet. So, <clears throat> so she's been, since she's changed um, to eating this way and she's been off her medication, she has not had any further symptoms of Crohn's disease at all. She is well. She can do things she never used to be able to do, like go and live in London on a two-year working visa and not have to worry about where a toilet is. She, I know. Or a specialist is for infusions She doesn't for have drug. to have infusions every eight weeks. She doesn't have any pain, diarrhea. She sometimes might get a stomach pain if she has something that's really high in fat or very oily, um, and she manages that. She's, she eats probably 90 to 95% whole foods. I mean, she's young. She's 24. She's going to go out and tried these foods with her boyfriend who she's trying to convert to be, to be whole food plant-based and he's pretty good but he's not 100%. But she, she has no no further, you wouldn't know she was ever sick and she just looks amazing now. She's lost so much weight. 
She looks so healthy and vibrant. Her eyes are beautiful and blue. Her skin's clear. And she was so sick for six years, like literally just every eight weeks we would go and have that infusion because it was the only thing keeping us, you know, pain-free, diarrhea-free, you know, for a little while until the next infusion. So it was a – she couldn't go anywhere. She she used to say to me when she was about 16, Mum, when I'm older, do I need to get medical insurance? Like that's what she was thinking about, how she was going to live her life with this dreaded disease that gastroenterologists will tell you is incurable, is debilitating, deteriorating. You'll usually more often than not need to have um, – some of your bowel removed or you get fistulas or strictures in your bowel and you need to have, you know, um, bowel resections. And I knew that as a nurse and I knew that that was a possibility for her life and it was just killed me. And now she doesn't have to think about anything like that anymore. Her bowel is pristine. She has no inflammation, no strictures, no nothing. It's just perfect. There's no sign of any disease. Well, there wasn't four years ago when she had her last colonoscopy. So... And we've never been back to the doctor. He said, come back if you need to. We've never been back. Yes. Like, never. I love no that. I know. It's the best. It's That's just so yeah. and, and in all honesty, um, as a less less biased um, person about, about Ali, um, <laughs> a, Ali um, has honestly never looked better in her life. She looks she beautiful. Has, as Lizzie said, she's lost a lot of weight. She was <laughs> Liz, quite... Lizzie's so doting. doting. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a photo of her. She looks beautiful. No, she, she really does. She was always... Um, beautiful. She, yeah, okay. I'm not <laughs> arguing to that point. But she... When she was she, sick. She was, yeah, she was quite puffed up you know she um, she had all the steroids and things yeah, which make you from the gain weight and get hungry and but also probably from the inflammation going on in her body exactly. as well and she was very very pale because obviously you know with Crohn's disease she's going losing to the toilet blood. a lot and losing blood in the stool um so her iron levels were very low and she had to have a number iron of iron infusions, infusions yeah. as well but now her the color in her skin yeah, is pink. She, yeah, it's not white anymore. Uh, you know the 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 flabby or puffiness that she had before is has been slow. Like with Lizzie and I, we're slowly lose, still losing weight. But um, you know she's she's very she's almost as small as her sister, who's always been very small now. So um, you know she she looks fantastic. Actually, she looks really she really looks healthy. Beautiful. A very healthy person. I'll and, send and this you is, photos of her and you can put them up on the But, but it's interesting because Lizzie has shared a post a long time ago on our Facebook page and a before and after photo. And she was, again, she was much bigger, much paler. And she was younger in the before photos. And, and younger before, that's right. But um, she she looks super healthy, you know, um, But it was 2009 healthy. when she was diagnosed, so that was 10 years ago. And we don't even think about it anymore. And all it did was that's all we ever thought about when she was sick was the next doctor's appointment or are you okay today or do we need to go to the doctor or do you have to have a blood test or you need your infusion or, you know, it just re revolved around her illness. And now now, now she goes to the gym and she goes running and she's... She lives in England and... Yeah, she's getting, you know, she's... She just went to Spain for a week and, and yeah. she's having a great time. She lives a normal life. Normal life. Mm. Oh, that is so good. And I think for people who don't know much about 
Crohn's disease, and I and I didn't before speaking to you, and then speaking to other guests on our show with well, with mm. ulcerative colitis and other things, mm. where you are so reliant on a toilet being nearby you, and and you don't think about that. Like imagine if you have like a a, a building, like a meeting in a building, or a, a lecture at university, and it goes for two hours. And you've got to be near a toilet and you don't know where exactly. it is. Like all exactly. those things are. There's actually an app for ulcerative colitis and Crohn's people um, specifically to show you where the nearest toilet is. Like there is an app that you can get and you just where your location is and it will tell you where the nearest toilet is. It's... Because we don't think about it when you can just go to the toilet yeah. you, oh, or yes. hold on to go to the you toilet. You can hold on. Yeah. But if you've got Crohn's or ulcerative class, you cannot hold on. Yes. There's no way. So, so yeah, this is huge because it is huge. impacting well, her, her life was destined down life. that road, Corinne. You know, she, and as Lizzie said, you know, many people that suffer from Crohn's and ulcerative colitis you know, end up with sections of their their gastric um, or gastrointestinal tract, often the bowel, removed, mm-hmm. and then they end up with colostomy bags. And, you know, it's hard for us to imagine probably, but can you imagine walking around with a bag attached to you? Well, you can't tell these days um, they do such a good job. Maybe with not, but, but you've got not... to deal with your your waste. And, and you've you also know, got to have bags on in your, you know, just in case and, yeah, it's just so, a life Not to mention then the restrictive eating and the restrictive, you know, exercise and, you know, the things that you can do. So she's, you know, literally living the life of a, you and me, of a very normal healthy, human being, so not healthy. having to worry about toilets or colostomy bags or not even having to worry about health insurance anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just... Um, so wonderful. Know. Oh, yeah. It's so yeah. great. All just, just because... Now, if you haven't so listened happy. to episode five, but this was all started because you went to your sister's house and got she got, she had a new Nutribullet and you yeah. tried yeah. out her juice recipes, juices yeah, yeah, at that's her house, right. smoothies, yeah. juices. Yeah, yeah the story right? was that um, my sister Wanda bought a, a Vitamix and uh, she made us a green smoothie and I still think it's the first one I ever had in my yeah. life. Uh, it's only about seven years ago. Um and, uh, yeah, so we decided to buy a blender to have smoothies at home and um, uh, the, the blender came with a book a about book. eating raw food, basically. And the lady in foods. the book ha- spoke about having some fatigued-type illness yeah. and how eating raw foods helped her. And he was like, oh, oh, what's this? Yeah. And then my daughter, I was telling her that we were getting a smoothie and she, a smoothie maker and she said, oh, I've got an 80-10-10 diet book. Why don't you get Tony to read that? And she'd bought that herself because she'd been watching um, Raw Christina and uh, Freely the Banana. So she'd been watching On all YouTube. these YouTubers. Mm. And so she'd bought that off her own back. I didn't even know she'd bought it. And so Tony read that and that was the beginning that of was, us that was going. It. That was a good but, book. I liked that book actually. Yeah. It's look, like now I, now I don't book. want to eat that way, but it was it, it was a good way of, it was it simple. It explains everything so well. It was well. simple and easy to yeah. digest. Very easy to digest. Pardon the pun. Yeah, it's very easy to read, I agree. And, you know, there's a little bit of, well, I say science, but it's actually logic. Uh, That's what I liked about, about it, the logical. Yeah, it made simple. sense. I'm not a big fan of Doug, Douglas Graham, who wrote the book. Um, I, I think he's got some ulterior motives, at least that's my opinion. But 
Um, but that book is a very good book and it turned our lives around basically. And that was the book that made us try at least to eat plant foods. And, you know, we ate, uh, when we first changed, we just ate fruit and salads. Uh, so raw food, uh, I did for four months. I think Lizzie was maybe slightly less than that. And yeah, three days after eating just raw plant food. So I went from being, you know, very unwell to being feeling normal, feeling amazing, actually. Um, so, uh, and I've just gotten better ever since then. So, um, it's a, it's a book worth reading. That's for sure. Definitely a good book. Oh, I was going to ask you from there, even though that's not typically, not traditionally, that's what I'm looking for, about your, because you went, obviously you went raw for three days and you're feeling amazing, which is so good. But what made you then make the connection to the animals? Oh, yeah. Um, it was probably a few months before we did. Actually, we when Tony went, got better, we were like, oh, what's going on here? This is amazing. And so then we we decided that we were vegan, even though we weren't vegan. We were just really eating a plant-based diet. And we, I think we went on Facebook and we had a look at all these different things and we found Dr. Esselstyn and Dr. McDougall and Dr. Barnard. And so that's when we started investigating the scientific reasons for why this was working and why everything made sense. But veganism, we didn't. I think I was on YouTube and I found Gary Rofsky's speech. That's that. That was the and clincher I watched for that. me. Yeah, and I was like, "Holy hell, Tony, you have to watch this." And I think you watched that. Yeah, and I then did. we watched Earthlings, and that was it. Yeah, it, uh, that was horrible. I, I I think to be honest, you know, I've watched that like this. yeah, that's yeah, how we watched it. Emily and I watched it without through our fingers too. And, and, but it's I think those fun. films are important to watch. I mean, we've watched Dominion in more recent times, and that's made the the news headlines here in Australia, particularly in in your place of residence in Melbourne, where uh, they blocked the main streets of the city um, in protest, and and that's many terrible. many many people have watched Dominion ever since that. So. That was a great um, uh, activism campaign. Um, but, you know, that's uh, really hard to watch. And I, I say to people, you know, they're, they're real-life horror movies. You know, mm. they are. this is what happens to these animals. This footage is taken in actual farms where your inverted uh, commas, your, your food comes from, you know, and these animals live in filthy conditions are really cruelly treated and seriously if people see this and, and we show this footage we show footage of dominion in the cube of truth for anonymous for the voiceless uh, activism work we do uh, and most people haven't seen this it's you know like just no like us idea. you know i grew up in the country I still didn't see this. You know, it's hidden away from us. You grew up thinking us. there were special cows that gave you milk. I did. I thought there was cows that just produced milk. I just didn't, produced it for uh, no I mean, I'm reason. I'm a semi-intelligent person, but I didn't think about the fact that cows are mammals and mammals only produce milk after they've given birth for their babies to feed on, you know, just like humans. Um, but honestly, the, the way that humans oppress and treat these animals is just Horrible. absolutely horrific. It makes me angry at the human race. Well, um, us that we did it for so long. Yeah, it's just awful. And, you know, at the end of the day, what are we doing it for? We do, mostly we're doing it for money, for profit. Um, and pleasure. And, you know, perhaps pleasure of the taste buds. But, you know, I, I would even argue 
we're not doing it for that because most pleasure of the taste buds comes from plant flavorings that put is put on meats anyway or you know added to dishes um spices and herbs and the like so yeah so look we made that connection very quickly i think it was maybe one or two yeah. weeks after oh, no i don't think it was that um, well, maybe was was fairly quick and you know initially i have to say and i discussed this with our friend jamie when we did his podcast because he he is vegan and was initially vegan for the animals and the environment and now now also for his health um we had come at, come to from the other angle uh, you know health was first and then animals and environment came second now to us they're all all equal and everybody benefits from being vegan you know our health is amazing on the planet we're not killing animals uh you know not not intentionally we're doing the minimal minimalist harm that we can can do to animals and as a result the environment you know our environmental footprint is much smaller than it was so one thing I wanted to talk about just quickly, even though it's not whole food plant-based, so you can skip forward if you're just like, oh, gosh, they're talking about vegan stuff. But, I mean, it's important because I am vegan and this is my podcast, so I get to talk about what I'd like exactly. to talk about. But you know, a lot of people I know, because I grew up like you, Tony, in, farming area, in a farming area and a lot of pretty much all of my relatives, both sides of my family were farmers, both sides and both – all of them, you know, there was like one uncle that went and worked at a power station, but everyone else was was animal farmers, dairy, dairy, beef, not very much sheep, but my parents were sheep farmers for a little while there, but dairy and beef. So when that protest happened and they blocked off and then they had the, you know, the gippy goat part of that activism and then they had the, oh, yeah. the, the whole, all of it, and then obviously mm-hmm. the Aussie farms, map of all the farms came out and it was such a stressful week I found it hard to talk to anyone that week I just went into kind of my bat cave but what I wanted to say was that a lot of people I've heard and if you a lot of vegans it was very divisive even amongst our own community as far as if that activism was a good good thing or a bad thing because it did make a lot of hatred for vegans but it also put that the word vegan into the media yeah. Exactly. More than ever before. Exactly. And I just wanted to just my own thoughts and then ask you your thoughts as well was that for me, a lot of people were saying to me, you know, they're going into these people's homes, you know, they're going into their homes and their and my thoughts on that is if they if the the if the lovely dairy farmers and, that, and like my cousins are lovely people. If you met them, you'd like them. They're funny, lovely, kind sure. people. We have nothing against the people. Exactly. Doing the job. And and vegans aren't. The thing is, vegans aren't going into Sally Homes. down the road's bedroom, whose parents no. are dairy farmers, and filming them sleeping. They're not doing. They're not going in and kill, stealing That's the right. family dog off your porch. They're going while to you're, places of business. They're going into your workplace and they're filming. And if you would let them film without them having to break in, then great. But no one's doing that and they're not doing it because because no farmers want them to see them kicking the cows, them branding the the cows, them punching them in the throat, them slicing their necks open, them mulesing. No one wants you to see that because you wouldn't buy it if you saw it. So if vegans could go in to a slaughterhouse and just film what goes on there and show it to you, then they would. But we don't get let in because no one wants us to see this stuff. Corinne, if if there was nothing to hide and 
and nothing wrong, then then the owners of the slaughterhouses, the owners of the farms, the owners of the chicken hatcheries, the owners of the pig farms, they would be filming this themselves and Mm, telecasting. Putting it on their web pages. Come over, we're shooting a baby cow in the head today. Exactly. It's shoot baby cow in the head Wednesday. Everyone come and look. But no one's doing that. that. That's right, no. and they know that people don't want to see that because no. then they won't want to buy their product. No. And, it's all, and they're all aggressive to, towards the vegans because we're threatening them. Yeah. We're threatening their their current livelihood. Now, yeah. you know, a lot of the Australians are saying, oh, look, you know, it's, leave them be. You know, you, you, what are they going to do for jobs? You know, well, the thing is if you shift the demand, yeah. you know, it, I mean, it's really interesting beyond meat um, – floated on the on the American stock exchange only a few weeks ago and it's gone gangbusters it's like one of one of a seriously large company uh, uh, corporate value it's the share price has gone over a hundred US dollars a share in in weeks I think they listed at like twenty dollars or something um, there's money to be made there's other livelihoods uh, to be had you know um, Beyond Burger is making burgers from plant-based uh, foods, and so there's there's going to be a big industry of growing growing plants to feed this burger factory. You know, instead of growing animals and slaughtering and mistreating animals and to feed to a find- different kind of burger factory. And most people that eat either of the two burgers probably couldn't tell the yeah. difference because they're flavoured the same way with plants again to give the flavour. So, um, you know, that's the difference. This is, it's a bit like the blockbuster video store. You know, who was, who was crying out when they got shut down? Nobody. No one gave a toss because we can download a movie on our TV now, you know. Um, No one's complained about that. What happened to all the people that used to work for Blockbuster? (laughs) They got new jobs probably. I don't know. Maybe some of them are still out of work, but most of them have found a different livelihood. And it's the same with farmers. I mean, if you look at the dairy industry, um, the reporter I saw recently was that the sales of dairy products in the US was down over $1.1 billion, I'm pretty sure I read. Um, you know, interestingly, there's some of the the oldest dairy producers in the U.S. have have closed their dairy operations, and using the same equipment and the same distribution network that they had for their business, they're now mm. selling plant milks. I mean, that tells you that the world is starting to change. Well, you know, we think a lot of the farmers in our country, where we have such a water issues exactly. with drought and water those yeah. those animals need so much water to just to sustain them yeah exactly and then they need crops grown to sustain them as well you know we exactly. are those farmers would be so much better off having animals just that aren't starving in drought in new south wales which has been a hundred percent affected by drought this last you know until very recently you know it's a much much more sensible sol- solution would be for them to change their farms to plant-based farms but yes it, it was definitely divisive and it was a hard time to be vegan but not as hard a time as it is for the animals and that's why i, I had I to keep going back great for. time to I be vegan oh actually. no it was uh, a great time but i mean yeah. it was a hard it time hard. because people were like in my immediate angry. family even angry. my mum was yeah. angry at me yep. you have to understand the people that are angry don't With know th- what we know they yeah. don't have that information that we have about 
how it's produced and what's out there to be an alternative to those foods and and how you know the reasons why we're doing what we're doing they don't know this stuff i think i think that the farmers it's mostly that's their identity they identify so much in being a dairy farmer or being a a cattle farmer or whatever and that's really hard because you have to take off all of what you've known and believed for your whole life and that can be very challenging for a lot of people i'm not saying it's easy to do that because i no i know it's hard but Unfortunately, the animals and the planet and people's health need us to do yeah, those hard, exactly. that hard exactly. work. Definitely agree. I mean, you're threatening their identity as far as farmers goes. You're threatening their, uh, their livelihood, their source of income, um, you know, their entire life, really. Um, but, you know, those very same farms can be used for producing, you know, different things. We just uh, have know, to change Growing the nuts for nut milk or growing soybeans for soy milk or, you know, um, if we all ate plants, we'd need more fruit and more vegetables. And um, But, you know, what's interesting is that to, you know, to, to produ- produce, in fact, we just shared a post on the Facebook page today that um, the amount of land, actually, I, I think the post went something like this. Um, two I saw it. American, it was very good. You saw that one. Two American <laughs> football fields. Uh, if you're eating a, a normal, sad, or standard American or Australian diet, is required to feed what? two people. Two people, I think. Um, and, and yet, uh, with um, with the same land area, um, you can feed fourteen people if they're eating a plant-based diet. Mm. So, and the point was that if we Seven if times. we all went that way, and obviously that's not going to happen overnight, but suddenly we can free up a whole bunch of land that is used now for, for farming and growing uh, plants to feed to animals who eat somewhere between 10 and 20 times the, the amount of food that we eat. Um, so we can free up that land and turn it back into forest, you know. And, and on top of that, we can also feed every human being on Earth. And I think there's something like 900 million people starving at the moment because they can't get food, because we're busy feeding their food to 70 billion land animals that we breed and slaughter every single year. I mean, the world's just Madness. gone crazy. And then we get sick from eating those 70 billion animals, not to mention the ocean, you know, that's getting sick from all the animal waste that's being produced and flushing in the rivers and the oceans. So, I mean, it's just, it, it's just human madness, when we, you know. when you eat the way we eat. Everyone Absolutely. wins. I'm just saying a little aside that I watched last night on a video that I thought was really good, even though... I'm not sure if you are aware of fans of this person, but I just watched a David Letterman Netflix special mm-hmm. and he was interviewing Kanye West. And I watched it because I just wanted to see if how how out, how wild and crazy Kanye West was in that uh-huh. interview. But he says a thing there that I thought you would like and I really liked because David asked him about the diet that he was on. 
What diet yeah. is he on? And he said, I don't use the word diet because it has the word die in it. Ooh, and yes. he said, I use the word, I call it live it. And I was thinking that's like uh, the true thing of a plant-based live it because yeah, yeah. there's no diet in it because you're not going to die because right. we're going to live forever like Dr. McGregor says. <laughs> well, you know Dr. Gregor's How Not to Die book. Mm. Well, he's got a new new book coming out at the end of the year, How Not to Diet. <laughs> See? Yeah, See? Exactly. Yeah, I liked it. I thought, Kanye, yep. I'm the money with that. I live it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to live it, not a diet. Is, is he actually a vegan or not? I don't think, I don't so. think so, no. He, he no, eats no. eggs for breakfast, said in the interview. So we'll have to get on to Kanye to do that because he would <laughs> he would affect a lot of people. Him a and lot. Kim Kardashian oh would gosh, go vegan. Oh, exactly. God. So, in fact, maybe he is on a diet because animals are dying he, he, for him to eat. He is. Look, I, I, that was the downside. But it's just the words that I thought good for yeah. me to mm. steal from Kanye Both, and yeah. use from for myself. Yeah. But, yeah, he's not. He's only eating eggs. But, anyway, we'll let, we'll let that go. Louise Hay ate eggs as well, and that bothers me. <laughs> She's so I don't spiritual. know who she is. Who's Louise Hay? I don't know who she is. Don't you know? Either. Oh, she was a big no. meditation guru okay. in the spiritual leader things. And uh, I was always like, you're so peaceful and always about peace and Lots meditation. of people who teach yoga or eat animals. Can you please stop eating eggs every breakfast, Liz Hayes? Well, <laughs> Louise Hayes. Not, what, what are they, Elizabeth? They're not actually eggs, are they? No, they're the menstruation, ovulation cycle. The ovulation cycle of a chicken. Yeah. Um, not a menstruation, ovulation. You know, when... When if if you were to actually use that word, I think people might be turned off about eating. I first the heard egg, that term know. when after we we changed what we eat, and I was glad I wasn't eating them anymore when I knew what they were. Not, didn't even think about not it. Not to mention that as a woman or a nurse, I didn't even think that that's what you were eating. And not to mention the fact that chickens have uh, what is called a cloaca. They only have one orifice. I know uh, the word cloaca makes me gag. Yeah, well, exactly. Terrible word. And people are eating these uh, menstruation cycles that come out of the sorry ovulation cycles that come out of the cloaca, where their urine and feces also come come out out of. And eggs are very porous. The eggshell is calcium carbonate, which is a porous mineral substance. In this case, it's produced by the chicken eating the calcium in their diet. Funnily enough. they make eggshells, they which is the same. To get their it's a similar chemical compound to our bones and our teeth, but that eggshell is porous. Um, and so you've got feces and urine coming out of the same orifice as the egg. And, you know, if you've ever if collected eggs from Liz, your chicken. If you could see Elizabeth's face right now, it's priceless. Yeah. <laughs> and so is and it any wonder that you get, get, you know, nasty bacteria from eating, eating eggs? And I don't know whether many people know, but uh, the industry, the egg industry itself, is not allowed to use the words in their advertising or marketing, healthy or safe. Or nutritious. Because eggs aren't healthy or safe. So they say fresh or something like that. which is morning or... Something completely oblivious and meaning nothing. But people take the... They are not legally allowed to use safe or healthy or, or well, words like that. Well, that's in America. Yeah, but I think it's very similar yeah, here because you don't ad. see. Mm, yeah. That's true. So, you know, but just picture eating something that basically came out of a chicken's ass. But, but, and, man, but. okay, so but 
It's an ass. It's okay? an ass. It's I'm, an ass. Yeah, it came out of its ass. And, Disgusting. And look, I used to eat them. So I ate now, so many of them. So yeah. many eggs. But really? now I'm conscious of what those things actually That's are and right. where they come from. And what's There's in no them? Because people are eating them mouth. for the protein and the, oh, the man, healthy the fats. There's the a good lot fats more than and the protein. Protein and fat in them. That's the, for sure. There is um, the equivalent cholesterol in one egg of six rashes of bacon for a start they're very high in fat and if you actually think about it if you actually think about it they contain all the nutrients and minerals to actually grow a small being from um inside it you know as as does a human egg or you know over right so um there's a whole bunch of hormones and all sorts of stuff in there that Full of is choline, which is uh, not designed to get on the human body. There's a whole lot of chemicals in eggs that are not meant for our bodies. That's right. They're meant for a little baby chicken to grow up. That's it. And hatch, you know. And if they don't get eaten, then they just they're for the chicken to. Yeah, well, if they or, don't get fertilised, that's right. In a normal cycle, a chicken would. Uh, actually eat their own eggs and reconsume some of the shell because they need to replace the calcium uh, to produce more eggs, you know. And sadly, you know, the chickens these days have been genetically modified to lay two or 300 eggs in their lifetime, whereas in normal uh, n- normal life, I think they only have about t- lay about 10 or 20 eggs mm. in, in, their enti- no, in their entire life. Oh, no, it's a year. No. Oh, okay, maybe yeah, it is a year. year. Okay, I beg your pardon. But, 10 or 20 a year. You know, um, it, so the poor chickens, you know, I, I mean, uh, as females, you two know it's not fun having your, your menstrual cycle once a month, right? You know, these poor chickens are having them every bloody couple of hours just about to pop out 300 eggs a, or every day at least to pop out 300 eggs a, a, a year. So... It can't be very uh, pleasant, and it's obviously very taxing on their bodies, and they don't live. Uh, That's why they die so. Uh, yeah, they die young. Yeah. They, in fact, they die as soon as they can't produce any more eggs because then they're waste to the farmers. Yeah, it's really sad. It's so heartbreaking and gross to me. Gross. Ugh. I would rather eat aquafaba, even though it's. Exactly. Exactly. It's from a plant. Gross. And it's, I thought that was so disgusting until I made it for my chickpea parents. Chickpea juice. Yeah, chickpea I say that juice. to people and they go, chickpea juice? And I'm like, do you know what's in an egg? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> chickpeas. Chickpeas. It's water. The chickpeas have soaked in. Yeah. It's exactly. It's all it is. I know. Yes. I know. I thought it was so gross, but I'd rather eat that than an egg nowadays. Last, I, I wanted to say one, two more things before we hang up. Tell us about... Food is Medicine Australia and what you guys are up to and where people can follow you. So Lizzie and I registered a business called Food is Medicine uh, probably about four years ago. Mm. At the moment, it's an inactive business uh, because we both work full-time. Um, Lizzie's still nursing four days a week and um, I'm the Australian Managing Director of a large global engineered rubber company at the moment. But I don't know if I told you, but uh, I resigned from my job in January this year, uh, I have a six-month termination period, so I had planned to finish in July, although I've agreed with my boss to stay on until the end of October. So it's a very long 
resignation period. <laughs> um, so I, I finished work at the end of October, and I guess um, you could use the word semi-retired maybe, but the plan is um, to actually spend more time developing the business concepts of Food is Medicine Australia. And, uh, and really the intent always of Food is Medicine was to um, help people, to coach people that oh, are sick, like I once was, my, my and to show them, re-educate them on how to eat, what to eat, how much to eat, how to read labels in the supermarket, how to, cook how to stock food. your kitchen, you know, what utensils to have in the kitchen, um, the practical side of um, regaining your health. Say, well, how do I do it? What do I eat? When you yeah. take, take out meat, dairy and egg, there's nothing left for me to eat. So that's the plan. Yeah. Um, so Lizzie's going to continue to work uh, as a nurse. I'll probably work a little bit less, maybe a day or two less, a fortnight yeah. or something. We're very fortunate, um, maybe – you know, maybe it's because we worked hard Good and saved planning. hard and planned well, but financially we're in a pretty sound situation where me not working, we can, uh, you know, financially manage. And so the biz- the idea of food as medicine is not about making lots of Billions money or, of or, you know, <laughs> we're not going to get rich from helping people get their health back. I think that's pretty plain. Yes, I, I understand. I'm... I'm um, <laughs> here it's with a, you. <laughs> I hear you. It's a community yeah. service more than more than anything else. We just want to help people. We just want people but, to know this information yeah. and to know we, that they don't have to be sick for the rest of their lives and take tablets and medications and go through awful procedures. You can, you can just uh, heal uh, your body. And, and quite easily. frankly, you know what? We get probably more pleasure yeah. out of helping people, yeah. particularly people that are sick, yeah. get better. Yeah. And, you know, uh, more pleasure out of that than I've ever got from working for a living, that's for sure. Yeah. So that's the plan. Um, so it's interesting, though, October, just to interrupt, it's interesting, mm. though, how doctors, you know, what you're doing is helping people with their health and longevity, but we're that's like, oh, you know, we can do it for, you know, I think it's... For money. Yeah, mm. it's interesting. Yeah, look, we, we, I think there's a balance because we, we probably are not going to continue. At the moment, we do help people for free um, and we're probably not going to continue to do that um, for free because I think um, some people don't attach a value. A value. When, when, you know, uh, products or, or services are free, I think uh, people sort of don't, care as much they don't put well, as they much don't say, oh, well i won't do it because i didn't it's, yeah you know, people it's need no, some skin in the game unfortunately i think so they need to put some investment up and so mm. i think you know uh, we haven't worked out pricing and just how how be. we're going to structure the business just yet we've got a number of different ideas we've had over the years actually um but we'll probably finalize that and, and work out a few different programs and yeah, I, we, we won't be doing it for free, mostly not for making money, but mostly for Covering exactly what you said, having costs. skin in the game, you do need to, and, having and to commitment. Having, yeah. yeah, we'll have some expenses too, but it's it's the commitment more than anything that we want. We don't want to just blow smoke up people's backsides and tell them all this information and then they just ignore it. We want them to be invested in it and actually follow the advice and recommendations. I mean, we've spent five and a half years studying an awful lot in our own time 
um, to, you know, to develop the knowledge that we have. Lizzie's, you know, we've invested money in uh, Lizzie doing uh, various certifications as well, and I'll probably do some myself, even though I'm a bit against that idea just for the sake of having a certificate, but a lot of people seem to like, you know, <laughs> you to have a certificate. I've just finished the uh, for credibility reasons. coaching course with uh, the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, and that was really fantastic, really yeah. fantastic. And Lizzie, um, you've done one with Pam, Dr. Pam Popper. Yeah, I did Popper. a over medicine certification course as well. And the and Cornell it's just, it's just, um, I mean, course as well. A lot of it I knew, but as a nurse and also researched, I've also done the eCornell one. But it's just important, I think, for people to know that you have something behind you. Mm. Yeah, I think some people just need that certificate. I personally, I, I don't feel as though I need to go and invest the money for that. I, I've done the study. Uh, sure, but you can I've always pl- learn plenty new more things, to you? learn every day, and I am. Look, I'll probably go and get some sort of certificate just to please people. You know? <laughs> um, that's what it'll <laughs> be. Keep people happy. Um, so I'll probably start doing this from after the end of October. Yeah. I've got a very busy six months or five months uh, coming up uh, to finish <laughs> off my job. Um, but after that, then I'll uh, I'll I'll re, re reprogram and reboot and we'll uh, be seeing more of food is medicine then. yeah yeah we, we definitely will be at the moment what we have is really it's only a facebook page there's nothing more than that yeah, we don't we, even have a website which we are going to be getting we've got a lovely friend who said he'd help us yesterday delipa yes delipa <laughs> don't forget um so Delipa's a fabulous Sri Lankan vegan activist. Um, yeah, he's beautiful. And he, he and another friend, uh, oh, another vegan, uh, yeah, I think they said the oh, secret okay. was out. Okay. So um, Jimmy Jimmy Otter or James Sparrow, he goes by on Facebook. Um, the two of them are working on a, uh, a, a vegan, um, some sort of directory. vegan directory uh, business um, at the moment, and uh, and that'll be up and running. I think they said by August mm. uh, online. Mm. So um, so we'll end up probably with some sort of a web page, and um, yeah, it's more about the providing the service. Uh, I guess like you, you know, uh, there's a limited audience in Perth, uh, even more so than than Melbourne, uh, due to population and people with interest. Mm. So we'll probably have to use the internet. We'll probably have to become efficient, uh, e- sorry, efficient in learning how to use that because we're not very good with the techo stuff because we're old. You're pros at Facebook. You beat me. Yeah, you're we're pros all at over Facebook. We've, we've got that down, Pat. So it, it shows that if we put our minds to it, if we Old put our minds to it, we can, uh, we can work things out. Absolutely, so, we'll be able to. Yeah. So everyone, go over to Food Is Medicine Australia on Facebook, and it is they post all day, every day, and I just <laughs> sit back and share it over to my page. <laughs> all day, every day. Not, not quite. We, we fit it in when we can between work and you yeah. know, if, on weekends and stuff like that. But um, You are good. Yeah, well, look, I think we enjoy it. We like to see, you know, how many people are following and how many people take interest in the various subjects we share. We it's Sometimes very... we, I mean, I just put up a post today about a, a dog that made a big mess and laid back and thought he'd done a great job. Um, so sometimes we put stuff up just like that just to, you know, 
break it's it up a little bit. It's very satisfying because we get lots of lovely feedback from people sending us yeah. messages saying how much they love our page. and Yeah, it's and actually getting hard to keep up with a lot of them yeah, uh, now fantastic. with the messages it's and just... people who want information and help. And, again, we're providing all of this at the moment free for of nothing, charge. Yeah. And, look, we do we're that for p- pleasure at the moment. We'll probably charge a fee sooner or later. Um, but, you know, we have nearly 8,000 followers now um, and we only started about... Last year. Yeah, not quite 18 months ago. Sure. And it's yeah. funny because uh, we went to Ubud in Bali last August and we're about to do that. We booked a three-week holiday to go to Ubud after I was going to finish my work in July. So we're going for three weeks in August, but unfortunately I've got to go back to work when we get home now. <laughs> oh, no. um, and, yeah, last year, August, we had about 1,700 people on our Facebook page. Yeah. So from last August to now, we've added uh, nearly six or about 6,000 people. That's so. Crazy. I guess the growth has been semi-exponential. We're getting, you know, around about a thousand new followers each month at the moment, uh, from which all is over the world, from too. all over the world. Unbelievable. Um, you know, not all of them are active, um, and uh, but um, you know, we, as Lizzie said, we get lots of messages and lots more comments now than we used to. We've made and so most, many friends. Yeah, many lots posts of your that we put up that you've spoken to. Yeah, and we've, as you know, we've directed a few people your way for you your have. podcast. I love um, you guys. These are my yeah. favourites. <laughs> um, we always post your things. We love yeah, your we, podcast. Well, your podcasts are great because, you know, they tell uh, tell things like our stories where we have been sick and we've recovered. And, you know, if people hear that and they've got a similar disease or something like, similar, cool. yeah, they, they can make the connection. So we do refer people to your, your podcast and we, we love your podcast. Keep it up. Another, at least you. another 100 episodes. I know. I, I want 1,000. I'd love 1,000. <laughs> yeah. What a am I going to do episodes. for 1,000? Oh, I don't know. You'll have to find some more people. Have a big not party. Just us. I want to have a big over. party for 100. I just haven't yeah, I know. organized it. I don't it. think we can come over that. You can't that. come over that, no. No. That's okay. I wouldn't fly to Perth for just a little, <laughs> 100, 100 episodes. For 1,000, I reckon I might be able to sway you over. It'll be a huge yeah, party then, three day affair. It'll be bigger than the healthcare conference. Wait till Spudshed have got nine cent potatoes, nine cents a kilo we'll potatoes. We're going to have a huge potato party. <gasps> we can. Now, oh, before we hang up, three biggest tips. Everyone, Everyone's oh. following you. What are your three biggest tips for transitioning to a whole food plant-based diet? Let's see if go they're to, different to the last one. Go to Food is Medicine Australia Facebook page and we'll tell you. Very um, good. So, I, yeah, I think uh, my biggest tip usually is um, yeah, lots of people ask whether it's better to transition or go uh, cold tofurkey uh, overnight <laughs> to eating um, plant-based. And we don't eat tofurkey, by the way, because it's not whole food plant-based without yes. oil. Um, but I personally, uh, we did go cold tofurkey um, <laughs> to a, a, a fully raw vegan diet, as we talked earlier, and... Um, um, we found that quite easy, actually. I think um, everyone's different. I, I use this analogy for people, and that is that um, if, if, you, you're if you're an alcoholic, yeah. you know the only way to, assuming you're dedicated to becoming a reformed alcoholic, the only way you can really do that is totally remove the alcohol temptation, particularly from your house, and and just not have it there. And I think 
food is a bit the same. You know, if you've got a bag of chips in the cupboard, They'll call you're to probably you. going to eat them, right, because they're there. So I personally think it's much easier easier mm. to remove the temptation. So my first tip is clean your kitchen out. We basically filled a wheelie bin of what we used to call food. Uh, we would now call toxic matter. Um and we we didn't have enough people we don't like to give it away to them, so we disposed of it in our wheelie bin. Um, and once that temptation is removed, then, you know, that's it. And we didn't go and buy more to replace it. We went to the fruit and vegetable shop and bought a whole heap of fresh fruit and vegetables. We bought, you know, bulk grains and stuff, as we were talking about earlier, and we stocked our kitchen with all of those things. So... Now when we're hungry, they're the things we have to eat. You know, if we want fast food, we grab a banana or a fuyu fruit, which is our favourite at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, you know, fruit is our fast food. Um, tips. Yeah, so that's, that's tip one is clean your kitchen out. Get rid of the crap. Take the temptation away. I've got one. Have an open mind. Being open-minded about all this information and and maybe just just finding out about it, like learning about why eating a whole food plant based diet helps helps when you're doing it. Because if you have that back knowledge in your brain, oh, I'm eating this because it's helping me my diabetes reverse because I'm not eating the fat anymore. Or do you know what I mean? So if you have that information already instilled in your brain, it's a lot easier to to stick with it or to to persevere when it when you feel like it's getting hard so be open minded and and just um you know read and and do do as much education to for yourself as as possible and, and even you know reach out to people like us or yourself Corinne, you know who you know you, you've had even more years of um That's of right. learning than us you know, in five and a half years, you know, I still still won't use the word expert, but we're we're very knowledgeable on plant based nutrition these days, and you know we're we're available. We we have the Facebook uh, platform, and people can contact us through that and and message us through Facebook, um, and and we can help guide people to the right sources of information. Yeah. There's plenty of information online, um, or just have a chat, you know, and explain things in a simple layman way which is often how I like to do it because you know most people are not scientific uh, and don't understand the science and so if you can put stuff in very simplistic terms for them um, it, it, it makes it easier for them to to understand I think uh, my final tip would be particularly for people who are suffering from disease and illness and so we have this quite regularly on our Facebook page again you know this people say Oh, yeah, look, I've got, you know, heart disease or I've got diabetes or, um, you know, eating vegan doesn't heal diabetes, you know. Well, yes, it does. Um, and it does. Vegan does. I know. And that's the key word, yeah. right? So the key difference is eating vegan is not the cure-all. Um, eating vegan uh, can be very unhealthy, uh, and many vegans, particularly vegans who are vegan for animals and the environment rather than their health, and are fantastic, you know, good on them. We're pretty happy that they are. But um, you can be eating Oreos and drinking Coke and be vegan and eating Samboy chips or, you know, 
uh, it's extremely unhealthful, possibly even more un- unhealthful mm. than, than eating a standard Australian or American diet. Um, so the only way that you're going to he- heal disease is to feed your body the food that your body is designed to, to consume, and that's whole Not plants. Processed. There's no processed foods involved. No it's oils. whole plants, how Mother Nature intended. Mm. And the, the key for people with disease or illness is you have to go 100%. You can't – look, there's two analogies I like – layman's analogies I like to use because most people get this. You can't put a fire out if you keep putting little bits of fuel on it every so often. The fire will continue to burn Slowly and smolder, okay? It will never go out. Mm. If you totally remove the fuel, then the fire will go out. And disease is the same. You remove all of the foods that are causing that that disease, Mm. and that disease will go away. The other one I like to use, sorry, you, you might like this one better. This is, I've, I've stolen this one from Pam Popper. Go, go, go. Pam Popper No, I'm cutting says, you off. You cannot open a combination lock if you get three numbers right. Oh, you have I like to have that. all four right. Yeah. You can only open the lock with all four numbers. So you have to go 100%. So going 75% or 95%. 95% and then you're still it. getting some acne or you've still got some pain in your joints. You have to go 100%. 100%. You know, if you, if you don't have disease or illness, then maybe you can it's go 75% so or 90%. It's not such a big deal. But if you have disease and you want to heal it, you have to go 100%. That's Absolutely right. Absolutely have to. I'm cutting Tony off. I loved talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> You're excellent. I talked to you all day, but Rinji Alan Nidja, my husband, is going to freak when he sees that it's one hour and 31 minutes. Oh, wow. That felt like 10 minutes. <laughs> I know. I could talk to you guys all day. <laughs> it was so yeah. nice talking to you. Thank you both Same. so much for Thank coming on the for show. Thank you for having us again. Yes, it's been a pleasure to be on your show again. Yes. Keep up the great work. We yes, love you. And we love, love your you. podcast. Thank you.